Today's episode of Slot Shot Podcast is brought to you by Wikipedia, the internet's free encyclopedia. If it's out there and it's real, it has a Wikipedia. If you've completed any formal education since the year 2000, Wikipedia has saved you weeks. How much is a week of your time worth? When I rediscover an actress that's recently graduated to the MILF tier, first thing I do is open my Wikipedia app to confirm her birth year and family size. Donate to Wikipedia today at donate.wikipedia.org and download the Wikipedia app. Welcome back to Slotshot Podcast, a hockey podcast brought to you by Star Six Media. A very interesting and uh, Ottawa-filled uh, storyline in the last week or so, but well, nonetheless, still a fun week in the NHL. And uh, the boys are ready to get back in studio and, and talk some hockey. But as we always do, got to check in with the boys, Rusty, uh, Alex. How are we doing? Fired up, boys. Um, as as always, as usual, uh, to to be back in here. Uh, it's a you know, good good week out there uh, ac- across the national. We had the outdoor game up in Canada. Mm-hmm. Um, 20 few, years to the date. 20 years to the date of what? The Montreal first outdoor and, game? In Edmonton, yeah. It was Montreal Edmonton, the first outdoor? Yeah. Huh. First heritage. I, why, do I think it was, why do I think the first one was Buffalo with Crosby, Buffalo, and – Set the uh, stone for that to happen in the U.S. That was definitely Buffalo's the first promoted one, though. Buffalo is basically – That yeah. one, like, in the snow, Crosby wins it. That was With ridiculous. those sick Penguin jerseys, too. Yeah, like, was, iconic it, jerseys. It, it I got my stage. buddy a, a Crosby blue, like, that is a Penguin. Maybe blue. Maybe blue, yeah. Um, so, any, interesting. Yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, in Bruinsland, Matthew Patras is officially uh, using his year of eligibility. He's yep, uh, so going to pass uh, that nine game, which is great news. He looks great. He he's kind of like a he's kind of like a grittier, less skilled Barzal vibe. Um, a little grindier Barzal. I haven't watched him, but I I did see that the game was coming up that decided his his season's yep. fate, and uh, they seem the quote I read was pretty no doubt. Like, oh, he's no, it, it, it would have been was, a riot if he didn't play. ESPN he's been headline. I couldn't believe it. Well, remember my? Uh, do you remember who my X factor for the team was this year? Uh, was it? Uh, it, was it was the it center was that brought geeky, big boy. Geeky. Yeah, geeky, more, geeky. Morgan Geeky. Morgan Geeky blows. He's he's not gonna be an X factor for anything. <laughs> he's huge. He's he's. Did you, ba- you notice him out there though? He's basically like a more athletic Nick Ritchie. <laughs> That, that that that's what I'm kind of getting He's from him so far. Mold for sure. <laughs> yeah, yeah, which is really not a good thing uh, if you want to be an X factor for a team in a good way. Um, but no, Patras is a hundred percent the X factor, and so far he's been he's been awesome. So that's mm-hmm. exciting. And we'll we'll get to uh, um, the McAvoy suspension, but they called up this Mason Lorai, who I've been talking a lot about. So I'm excited to see some of the kids play, mm-hmm. um, and, and excited for for the youth movement to continue. But um, yeah, boys, fired up for the pod. How about you, Arm Dog? I'm doing well. I, I actually think the NHL has gotten off to a firing start. I mean, last week we talked about Frozen Frenzy. I thought this, what are the, the Heritage Classic, is that what they call it? Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. for sure, you know. Yep. I thought there was some great stuff coming out of there. I didn't I didn't catch much of the game um, itself. I saw the highlights, but uh, the photos of McDavid and Drysaddle and those, like, oil, the oil rig. rig guys, I thought those were great, you know. Hey, Ross is like rig, whatever, but like hockey. Ross. Ross, by the way, you even sent that into the group chat to make fun of it, and you know, and that's the thing that the NHL needs more of: just these photos that are great. McDavid somehow was just like, you know what? I'm not going to be injured anymore. Let's play in this game. 
even though he was ruled out for this game. And just McDavid hate, in a bag. I hate to cut you off, but this is kind of the most personality we've seen from McDavid. Went on record, says he loves Nickelback, dresses up. That was great. He, he labeled you realize, Nickelback. Do you, do you guys realize that like in Canada, like that's not controversial? I know, no, but Canada, do you know why? Yeah, because they have the laws that force you to listen to domestic uh, artists. 50%, 50% of radio of songs on your station must be Canadian artists. That's kind of wild. Why are there so many hit makers from Canada? Because they, they already but win. McDavid labeled although, them although as... Although their a, entire population is, what, 30 million people? McDavid confer- confirmed them as a top five band of all time. I'm aware, and according to like some Canadian people, that's true. Mm-hmm. I, I don't hate it. I just like seeing the personality. You know? I'm not gonna lie; I've had Nickelback stuck in my head all week, <laughs> dude, dude. Like everybody, everybody Got like packed in a shirt and a bracketer and a winter to her when we're head to burr and I wanna be on to conk. It's just the it's iconic, it, it, and like the words so don't matter. It's just like. The sound and like the, they're a little in like the Scott Stapp Creedish, um, little and uh, hey, you know I, uh, I don't hate him. I don't hate him. Everybody turns up to Nickelback, so I'm McDavid. Another win for him. Somebody, somebody did a big Nickelback thing. I forget. It sent me down a total rabbit hole. It was like, it was accusing Chad Kroger, the lead singer, and like all of their songs about being like overly misogynistic. Oh. I don't, I don't know. And I'm like, I'm like, first of all, like you listen to any song pretty much ever made, and it's all about getting laid, and almost all of them are made by dudes. Like, so like, what are we doing here? Um, but, but the like accusations about Kroger were like a little more than that. Like, like it sounded like this like woke cancel. Like, like really, and, like you read it, and you're like, uh, like Kroger's like probably not a great guy. <laughs> um, so anyway, good for Nickelback. Yeah, sorry to cut you off, Arm. Finish, I'm in there. Finish off how your week's going. No, week's been good. I've actually really enjoyed. I, I think the hockey to start the year has been fantastic. Mm-hmm. I've been I've been floating around different channels, you know, watching. Well, just not channels, me streaming games because my ESPN Plus has been cut off from my my dad's account. So we're we're in tough territory Rut-row. here. Bro, it's really tough. Um, and I, will, I will say they have jacked up the price on ESPN Plus three times since I started getting it. Well, yeah. also it's something I don't want to pay. Still for. the cheapest cheapest subscription to get basically NHL TV. Like I think N- NBA League Pass is like 130 a year. NFL Red Zone is still like 150 for the rest of the year. Like, it isn't actually and it uh, works. feasible feasible pass in terms of what. And you get golf when that comes around, and you get pretty much most of the NHL games. Pisses me off. I guess Arizona was sold out. That game we'll get to. Still blacked out in Chicago. Sold out at the Mullet Arena. They said they 100%. have their own broadcasting service. Now. I understand that, but. I don't know. I, yeah, 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 yeah. You need out. to watch it on NBC Sports Chicago. That's what it was. It wasn't blacked out. It was blocked from ESPN because it's on the local TV. Yeah, correct. That's exactly. What so road games pays. don't get blacked out. A blackout happens locally when not enough people buy tickets and go to a game. But I, I don't even know if that happens in the NHL. It hasn't does, happened in sports does, in a while. It does, yeah, yeah. yeah, it's a thing. Yeah, they know here. Um, but anyway, hey, blackouts suck. There's no question about it. But moving on, moving on, moving on. Uh, Liam O'Brien. Like, called him a termite last week, brought him to the kind of the attention of the boys, and holy hell did he not disappoint. Uh, a, a Gordie Howe hat trick versus the Blackhawks in an 8 or 9-1 shellacking uh, at the Mold Arena. And, and him and uh, who was the other one that had the, the Gordie Howe hat tricks? But, uh, McBain. McBain. Both McBain. of them looking, uh, looking like complete buttes. We gotta, I'd turn this game off because it was a pitiful performance from the Blackhawks, and that's not what we're here to talk about. We're here to talk about Liam O'Brien, the 29-year-old chucking fists with uh, Felino. Kind of loses that one. Gets a nice. Oh little... oh oh! God, wait, wait, wait. got fed by Felino. Gets a nice little. Uh... Wait, what? What else, Arm? 
Well, after Sifka's, I want to start us off on this breakdown because Ross and I were together watching this. And I think it was past when you turned it off. It was no, us. It fight, was us the in the senator up at the, the Stanley Club. Not the early. fight. Not, we saw the fight on the highlight. Oh, the goal. Team. Okay, yeah. It was us and the senator up at the Stanley Club. Continue. Yeah. After, so, after so eleven ten game. He had a nice shiner under his right or left eye. No, this was after was. GHL, I believe. Oh, all right. Yeah, yeah. It was after right. and G- after GHL and MNF and Monday Night Football. Yes, yes. Right, so, so it was so started Lions, like eleven. Yeah, Lions close out their win. <laughs> turn on the Hawks game, which is like five one at this point or something. It's already bad. Ugly. And we see two more goals quickly. And and Ross and I last week, I, don't, I I think we're on the same page. We had not watched this Liam O'Brien guy before. Oh my god, we like, had like, no idea. It was, we like borderline like we're chirping Jack when he pulls Liam O'Brien out of his out of his out of his sleeve. He's like, nope, I watched some of them. Guys, a termite. We're like, all right, we'll have to check him out. I know, but so the, so then we're watching two goals happen to make it like seven one. Both goals. The first goal, I'm like, Ross, look who it is, and it's Liam O'Brien. No contribution to the play. But he is selling harder than anyone. And he like runs it like he's like the fourth trailer on the play. Swear to God he dropped a glove. He like he he, he was like you know like he, he kind of yard sailed like like into the celly. Yeah, like. he was like an ultimate late trailer, but it gave him the perfect speed to hit the celly at top speed instead like he was too late for the goal, but he was right in time for the celly. It's like Adam Oates talks about what made Brett Hall such an elite scorer. And it was his timing where he wasn't always like right up at the he he kind of time it and have the patience to just find the seam and be right where he needed to be. O'Brien might be that guy for the post goal Sally. I think he is because then he did it again. <laughs> like at the next goal, he was there too. I'm like, no way, this guy. And he's very noticeable. Long hair, big beard. Oh my god, he looks like a pirate. He's got <laughs> a black eye. It looked like an eye patch. I mean, he and got Spolino got him good. What was his What's his Instagram handle? The big deal or whatever. Shut great, the hell up. He's got a great Instagram. <laughs> I just handle. deleted Instagram today, but so right, you're gonna, gonna have to look I'll it up. I'll find it. I'll find it. Okay, yeah. Holy but anyways, shit. our first two moments are this guy just going hard on Sellies. And he's like I think even without his look, we would notice him as being happier than anyone yep. about the goals in a seven one game. Um at this point. And uh Ah, sorry, official big tuna. Unreal. Unreal. So he's big tuna. He's big tuna. He's big tuna. And I don't even want to do an office reference because we're just gonna assume like it's his own thing, and we'll learn about it. It'll, 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 it'll surface, but yeah. So that's how we got into it. Now, Ross, I'll, I'll oh, let you take it away from this point God. on. So I give Army a lot of credit because, like, I, I didn't really, really, really see the first Sally, and he was like freaking out about it, and I was like, "All right, dude, like, settle down." And then, literally, it happens like right away, and like I see it immediately because I'm paying attention. The next goal, it gets scored. Um, but, but how does the next goal go in on the Chicago Blackhawks? Literally, our boy, our boy, Liam O'Brien, just, like, he's, like, he's just mucking it up. Now, at this point, like, like me, like, we've got full O'Brien ISO cam on. Like, we're just watching his every stride. And, like, he's he's just cross-checking guys, slashing guys. Like, they're up, like, six to one at this point. Um, Do you remember the cross-check moment? Remind me of the cross-check. Oh, so Liam O'Brien. Oh, yes, yes, yes. There's I'm a sorry. call on the play. I'm sorry. And Liam O'Brien's complaining to the ref. He's like, my stick's broken. And we're like, oh, he just got slashed or something. Replay shows why O'Brien's going to the box. He goes for just a blatant out-of-the-play cross-check, snaps his stick. After after a whistle, just snaps his stick on a cross-check on an opponent's bicep. And then tried to sell that he was not the one at fault because he had a broken stick. Guy broke my stick. Elbow. Elbow. And it would be two of his seven penalty minutes in this one. But it was also it was also just completely instigated by O'Brien. Mm-hmm. And it was happening at a time in the game where, like, like they were up five or six to one. And so then he comes out of the box, and the next goal that they score, which is where I was getting to, 
freaking O'Brien again, like like greasing it up on the entire play. Puck comes out to O'Brien. What does he do? Oh, of course. What is, what is the term I do when the puck comes out front and you're tied up? Because you're always tied up with a defenseman. You kick the puck into the net. That's what you do. And he does it. It's obviously kicking. They call it a good goal. Um, Unbelievable. So no I, goal on the ice reviewed to be a good goal. Dude. Over, good, overturned by Toronto. Good things happen when you grease it up. Good things happen when you go to the net. Yeah, and by the way, on that play, we talk about timing. His t- he was too early. He was clearly too early. That's why the puck was in his feet. <laughs> and he kind of did a hockey stop with a little heel twitch to, to really deflect enough, that thing in. Enough. It was beautiful performance. I'm not going to lie, though. Like, I, I, I am at a lot. Like, I'm pro goals, and I think you should be able to basically use your skates to, like, angle pucks in and stuff. Um, but, like... There's a little kicking motion on this I, one. I am at a complete loss for, like, what... What, what? How much of a kick it would take to get a goal waved off? I think you'd have to one foot it, you know, like swing oh, it back and because kick he's it in forward. the stopping yeah. because he's in the stopping motion. And I know there's a little like a little hesitation. Little but if you think it. about that play, Jack, you're almost always in a stopping motion because you're approaching the top of the crease. Correct, correct. I think they've. they've I think determined it's like, that just not enough of of his foot was differentiating from his stopping motion that it was a kick. I think it's when you're like, stopped in a scrum, they don't want you kicking it. Yeah, you know, right for for safety reasons that makes Absolutely. sense. Yeah. Yeah. Well, but this Liam. guy, man, this guy, and he, he 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 was just like he was playing with the ass like the whole rest of this eight to one game. So like it was probably the game where like he got the most. He probably doubled his minutes on the season in this game. Well, no, uh, I think he he finished with like ten minutes, a goal and assist, plus four, seven penalty minutes. It was a beautiful thing. You got eight, it. Jack? Eighteen shifts, nine thirty nine total ice, oh, one assist, man. one goal, seven penalty minutes. For four points and the third star of the game, Liam O'Brien. Dude, I mean, f- first. He got a star? Third star of the game. <laughs> an 8-1. to one. I love it. He had a Gordian Electric, dude. You got to give it up. I love that. At the mullet. Um, you, got, you got O'Brien who chucked fists. Then you got Jack McBain who also chucked fists. I I hate to say it. I, I tried riding the uh, the Hawks are down 3-1 at the end of the first. Or, yeah, 3-1. Oh, 3-0. 3-1 at the end of the first. No, you don't bet that. You bet you bet a three-goal gap, not a two-goal gap. And then it went to – then Anna, or Arizona scored the first one. Okay. The Hawks didn't score again, so I tried it. It's great odds, but yeah, I but turned it off. Quite you bet on, you you bet on you bet on the th- the three goal three goal lead before ten minutes in the second. Yep. That's yep. the that's the cutoff. Yep. Bet the money line, the zero goal team to win. Michael Carcone hat trick. I never heard of this guy, but he was he was all over the Dude, ice. He had one. he had four points in seven minutes at one point. It was wild. We were yeah. watching these. I was I, at least I was watching the stat lines, you know, and uh, four points in seven minutes of ice time is pretty pretty good for a third. Yeah. I mean, obviously he's a third liner at that point. But. It's just an electric Monday at the Stanley Club. Like, And I give Liam O'Brien pretty much all the credit. Like, Monday yeah. that game was a melon. Or lemon, I should say. Minnesota and Oakland or whatever. No, no, no. Detroit. Detroit got the oh, win, yeah. and like I good. Mean, it was just a beatdown. Yeah, like I good mean, for Arms Lions, but it was just, it was a lifeless Oakland team that they just like, like literally buried for the season. Next day, everybody's fired. Yeah, like, yeah. Yeah. Um, uh, we've got a football podcast for that. Yeah, no, 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 no. But yeah, uh, just Liam O'Brien. I mean, dude. Right, shout out! Okay. Shout out Thank to you. Jacker. I mean, I he's a clear it. first liner. I, I mean, I, I I don't know how he's not. He's he's maybe not taking the draw unless Miles. If Miles probably wants to draw, or maybe like, or maybe like he's such a termite that he's like a black ace on the term on the on the all Let's termite team did, uh, because that would be like the most termite role of the termite team. Yeah, he's playing wing for Arizona, but listed as a center. Yeah, I don't think he's a center. I don't think he's an NHL center. No, he didn't take any draws. He's listed as a center. Impact player, however. Yeah, impact player. Well, uh, yeah, no, I, I, I felt something about Liam O'Brien that felt right. But uh, Armor, you're actually on the on the clock for 
for this week's Termite of the Week. Opening up, Termite of the Week, first segment, Army's fired up. I am, because this guy, I, I, I watched him his second game of this year and did not know who he was, but he popped popped on on, on just the 10 minutes of game action he saw. And, uh, you know, I didn't know anything about him at all. And I wanted to, I, like, there was discussion of who was going to go last week, thankfully, if that you did. Otherwise, we wouldn't have this lovely moment of the Liam O'Brien hailing, you know. Um, Termite call of, of of not of the year of the podcast so far. Totally, totally. I mean, he's he's the most termite I, I mean, without the question, biggest, Jack. Biggest compliments I've ever gotten from Well, him. you know, Jack, we bust balls, but I like to think that we're yeah. fair. Yeah, no, I agree. I agree. Yeah, I mean. If, if that were, is fair. That is fair. I think you get a lot of fair criticism. Yeah, I'll take it. I'll take it on the chin. Yeah, but this one is one of the biggest moments of the podcast. And, and you deserve it. I mean, I, I, I that that's part of what was so uplifting about Monday night. You know, that and a couple pictures of the bat blue, but. <laughs> uh, this, this would have been perfect just. Completely dead. I mean, it was great. We just, we just, we had a, we had a couple pitchers. You know, just a couple. just a couple on a Monday night. No just, big deal. Just a couple. Yeah. Okay. Or, anyways, sorry, few, few pitchers. Sorry. Keep going. Getting into this, I, I don't know. He's not quite the Liam O'Brien, but I've I've done some more research on this guy, and he actually had a pretty noticeable play recently. My guy is Walteri Marala, fourth liner for the Tampa Bay Lightning. Country of origin. Finn, a six-two Finn, and I did not know much about him. So I started going on Twitter and stuff. Most of his highlights are from other leagues, but he also has one noticeable highlight this year, and it is injuring Luke Shen. Now, I'm not for like, oh, he injured somebody as a termite, but the way he did it is beautiful. He kind of like, there's there's a winger who's kind of half interfering, you know, like the fake interference. So he's kind of like doing the D-line where you're shrugging off a guy, you know, in football, right? He's kind of trying to hold, the screen's about to come, and then the running back, who's Luke Shen, comes to pop him. He sees him like he gets off this. I don't know who the winger was, but Luke Shen comes just straight for his like chest, right? While he's carrying the puck. No, the puck's like kind of floating around in that area, and it's like a race to the puck. Luke Shen goes for the body. Got it. Got it. And he just thinking, drops. thinking maybe maybe your guy might like reach and touch the puck, and then Shen can body him. Yeah, like and that. he was he was coming off of like a little like not like a dust up, but he was coming off some contact where he was like kind of slow coming out of it, and he just drops a shoulder into Luke Shen, absolutely drops him. Shut and Luke up. Shen's now out four to six weeks. Really? And the Did, reason well, I what's like the injury to Shen? What, upper body or lower body? They're I mean, just, he just they're not cracked. disclosing. Holy yeah, smokes! We don't know if it's Close a concussion or a broken collarbone. Because broken collarbone could be four to six or six to eight, I think. Yeah, it's four to six weeks. Maybe shoulder. Yeah, who knows? Who knows? But he he gets cracked. But that this was uh, he was on my radar long before any of this. Um, and I couldn't even find this clip on Twitter. I had to go to YouTube. Somebody thankfully posted the eight second clip of this. Um, thank you, thank you out <laughs> legend, there. Right? Just He's the bad internet. actually. But on Twitter, on Twitter, I was finding all these clips, and it's of him dusting it up in, like, I don't know if it's the, the Swedish League. I don't know if it's that. I don't know where it is that he was playing overseas. And then it's a bunch of Lightning fans who are saying the NHL is going to be so upset when they find out who this guy is. Because apparently he had a huge preseason. Apparently he's a goal scorer. But they're playing him fourth-line minutes, and I watched him against the Wings. He played 10 minutes. This guy was dusting everything up. He was hitting everyone, and he just kind of seemed to be in plays, mucking everything up. My only concern. How freaking Tampa? Hold on, before you keep going, how Tampa is that? Like, how Tampa is that? Oh, and that's what they were saying too. Like to just reload with a guy that nobody's ever heard of. With Walteri, two T's by the way, and Walteri. Yep. Is it? It's Morella. 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 Yep. Yeah, but uh, I, I he's very fun to watch. He's fast. I haven't seen the skill much, but he's playing fourth line. But you know what I love about it is a guy who Tampa fans at least were hailing as a goal scorer. 
comes right in and is like trying to just muck things up. He knows he's playing on the fourth line right now. You know, he's not trying to to flash too much. Holy cow, dude! He's he's like he's six three two ten. He's a big boy. Uh, and I also saw a great clip of him from I, I think it's the SHL he's playing in. He gets high sticked and just skates over to the bench. And it is SM Liga. SM Liga. What is that? I want to say SHL is Swiss. I want to say SM Liga is Swedish. I don't know. Uh, Either oh, way. Oh. No, it's not worth watching on the pod, but it's a good play. It's a good play from Walt Terry. Yep. He bumps through this, right? He bumps through that. Oh, bam. Yep, yep. It's a big hit. Walt right. Terry. Walt Terry. Right. Uh, Walt Terry. Marilla. We'll, uh, we'll put him on the watch list. I think uh, in nine NHL games, it's it's interesting to call him a termite. I like, uh, Do like, you have a player comp for him, Arm? Well, I'm confused. It confused <laughs> me when I looked him up, and everyone's like, this guy's like kind of a sniper. Or like a goal-scoring winger. And then I see it because when I watched him, he was just kind of buzzing around hitting people. You know what the vibe um, I get from your description, that clip in his hockey DB? A L- little bit of an Achushkin. Yeah, I could see a little choo-choo. A little choo-choo. Yeah, but more physical, it seemed. Like, like when I watched him, he was like embracing the grinder role. And he was very noticeable. on like Because they were playing the – I watched him opening night against the Preds. And then they played the Wings, and I noticed in both games. Cool. Uh, SM Liga is the junior league in Finland, and Liga is the, uh, I think, is the big one in uh, in Finland. Most he's gone off for is forty four points. Yeah, he's never he's never been better than a point a game. Uh, yeah, games. but uh, if you watch Lightning, look, you'll see him. Mm-hmm. Um, so well, it'll be interesting. I mean, like like we said, only nine games in the NHL so far. Uh, he's played a little bit of international for Finland. Played in the world uh, world championships, but. Uh, a little early to tell, but I, I like the pick so far. I think we'll put him on the watch list for for Walt Terry with two T's. Twenty uh, five so. year old NHL rookie. Yeah, yeah. He's yeah. an up and comer. He is an up and comer. So I like it. To be determined. To be watched. To Some be serious seen. shoes to fill, Army. But yeah, I, I, I like I, it. I like it. You're going nine games. He played. We'll no, I mean he's going not gonna, off. He's off. Not going to be a Lima brand. Well, I mean, who can? I know. We'll see. We'll see. Moving on from termite of the week to our next one, uh, the sucky sends and some sussies. The sucky sends and the sussies. Ah, an interesting week. We uh, we we let it off. We started it off with uh, with a little forty-one game suspension for forward uh, RFA, uh, as we might add Shane Pinto after he was found uh, uh, in a in a long investigation actually that led up until basically uh, training camp, and then when when Pinto left, it seemed like that's when things kind of started to come out. But Shane Pinto hits the shelf for forty-one games for gambling. Uh, in terms of what the events have been, I've heard pretty confidently it wasn't hockey, but it sounds like it was a proxy-type bet. Uh, for anyone that doesn't know what proxy gambling is, it's uh, basically if I'm in, in a state that is not legal and I text Ross, hey, you're in Chicago. I know Chicago's a legal state. Here's my email. Here's my password. Will you place a bet for me? Ross does that. That would be proxy gambling. That is illegal. If you look at all the sports gambling sites, you'll see it on the no-nos. Uh, Shane Pinto is uh, these all these pro accounts are are tracked and, and monitored by the uh, by the gambling uh, commission and, and their uh, their companies and and they are the red flags show up. We saw it a, a lot with actually Arm Dogs Detroit Lions as uh, I think one player placed a bet inside the facility that led to a uh, suspension in the NFL. But this one being a proxy gambling uh, suspension for Shane Pinto. Boys, what do we got on Pinto hitting the shelf for forty one? Arm, you were in the middle of your point before we decided we had to save it for the pod, so why don't you go on, on Pinto? Why yeah. is it a non-topic? I, I, I mean, I just think, like, we've seen it in sports now. There's been a crackdown around sports of, like, what happens when you gamble as a professional athlete. Um, 
so I don't see this as like 41. Like the half season seems to be like pretty reasonable for what, what the suspensions are. These leagues are all trying to introduce like gambling partnerships and you just can't have your players involved in that. Uh, well, it's a huge liability thing for them to have licensing. I don't want to cut you off. So the, the players are allowed to gamble. Well, you do. Uh, just stop, players, just players, stop saying you don't want to cut, just cut me off. If the you players are allowed to, to gamble. Uh, it's just not on hockey, obviously, not in the facilities. Um, but players do gamble. Players do have accounts. It is a popular thing. Obviously, there's been... Can know, they not gamble on hockey or can they not gamble on the NHL? I th- know for a fact not the NHL. I will have to check back in terms of the sport in general. Because uh, in the NFL, can they bet on... They can bet on college football. I think so, yeah. But I don't like... I, if, I don't know. I don't think the AHL gets lines. But I, I know you like... If you're in the NHL, you definitely can't bet in their three leagues. Could you go bet on, on the SHL in Sweden and stuff like that? I don't know the answer to that. Um, I do know just in terms of... You talk about the 41... After listening to uh, Elliot Friedman and, and Je- Jeff Merrick, they did a, uh, a pretty good job on, on breaking this one down. But basically, the league wanted 82. And the NHLPA said, all right, well, let's talk about it. Let's discuss it. You know, if it was 82, I think Pinto would have definitely appealed. And then it would have been a whole long dra- dragged on situation. I think the league understood. And with Pinto trying to get money, he realized he fucked up. Uh, they said, all right, well, we will not appeal if you cut it down into half. And, uh, and he serves it. So that that's that's where the forty one comes into play. Yeah, I also think like at this point, I know you may not know the rules as a player. Learn the freaking rules. Um, it's just like you know the level of suspension that's going to come down. I don't think any level of suspension for this is unfair because it's pretty blatant what well, they're going to do to these players. Russia, yeah, so, I mean, I, I disagree. I'm going to pull into your brain a little bit. Do you remember when Thomas Vanek got suspended? I don't. I heard them. I heard him say that. I, I, I didn't even realize. It. I think Vanek got caught. There was a few guys that did. There was guys in the early days of, of the NHL that got caught betting on hockey, and they were given the life. Similar to obviously Pete Rose. So that, I know Pete that Pete Rose, a guy who bet on himself to get hits. Correct. Seemingly, but, yeah, obvious, yeah. like <laughs> correlation and success in what he's trying to do. So like. I don't know. I, I, I just don't really have sympathy for it. Mm-hmm. I, I get it if, like, it's something you do and you made a mistake. I get it. But also, I think at this point it's pretty clear what's going on with this stuff. Learn the rules. Yep. Don't do that. Don't do a pro- don't do anything that could potentially break the rules when you're betting. You have And, and, and Shane Pinto's a promising mm-hmm. young player. Just, like, I don't know. Ask somebody, you know. Ask your team. Can I do this? Oh. Uh, uh. Yeah, no, I, I get what and you're saying. If, if you don't feel comfortable asking your team if you can do it, then don't do it. Yes, 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 and yes. And to your point about betting becoming a thing, obviously it is, it is grown tenfold in in, the, in North America. It is totally a thing. Uh, senators, funny enough, have a betting advertisement on their helmets, so which it, is too much. That's it, too it, funny. It, it is. It is. I mean, um, it's like it's a, the whole thing's a bummer for Pinto. Um, but it's funny that that their helmet sponsor. And was uh, by the way, I don't think the, the the crime matches the punishment. But you know what the punishment is when you do the crime, so maybe maybe don't do it. And you know we don't know what the friend bet. It sounded like he did a parlay, um, and parlays are apparently a no-no. I think in the NFL at least for sure. I don't know about the NHL, but uh, betting. You know that's go go familiarize uh, yourselves with with sports gambling. If you have questions, it's always good to know. And and unfortunately, Shane Pinto is is going to take a, a hit on this one, and and probably sign a one-year low low money type deal to try and just is he a free agent. He's an RFA, but he wasn't allowed to take offer sheets, so it's a weird little contract. He'll situation. be fine. He'll get another. He's a he's a promising he's young. Player. He's young and he's promising. Uh, and uh, you know, I think spinning chicklets feels like uh, you know they, they had guys that talked about it and they they feel like uh, you know there's just trust to be earned back in that locker room. But 
feels like Agreed. it's it's we'll be on the roster though yes we'll oh, yeah. play again oh, yeah. this year and for a team like you know and we're going to continue on Ottawa because unfortunately the Pinto thing was not their final thing but I do want to give uh, Ross a chance if if you got anything on the Pinto situation otherwise are you satisfied um my my issue with this is it's it's very heavy handed you just said arm you know um you know your thing was if you're going to gamble, like, and, and you're going to, like, dude, I didn't know the rules. Learn the rules. Like, they're right there. You know what the penalty is. You don't know what the penalty is because there's no rule about what the penalty is. There's complete, um, it's totally just handed over with carte blanche to the to the commissioner to determine what punishment fits each crime around it. Um, and, you know, I think that with the, like, legal gambling on not your sport, I don't think that there should be any limitations on it. Like, what's the difference if you place a bet from your apartment or from the training table while the trainer's like, like massaging out your hamstring? I, I'm with you. Like, the guys it. are fucking around on their phones that whole time anyway. Like, dude, I, I I don't disagree with the like. Like I said, I don't think the punish or the crime matches the punishment. But at the same time, like, even if you're his friend, you've seen suspensions in the top four leagues be handed out now. Yeah, and they're brutal, and they don't seem to equate. You know. For people who are not doing things that disrupt the integrity of the game, they're getting heavy suspensions. Maybe just don't do that well, or figure out what you can do. They're laying down the law, and, and they're just trying to, you know, they're, they're setting the example. And, and unfortunately, Pinto of, of late is is that, that example. And, you know, that's why, you know, the league wanted 82. They were very firm about it. I know Bettman wanted it. Uh, but that would have been a little far-fetched in my opinion. Uh, but you got to set an example. And, and when you are – in control of Shane Pinto, you can't be given your out. And, you know, I think Rossi said it. you got to know your rules. And there's rules to everything in life, and you're going to break them. But down he goes for 41. Yeah, I mean, whatever. I think I think getting it over with is best for everybody. And it's like you know, it's like the classic like legal example, right? Yeah. You set a lot of court. You just get it past everybody. It's Correct. The happy Pause, path. Positive note for they Pinto have to do it. is the clock has started, uh, started at the regular season opener. But so the scary reality for the Sens is like Pinto is an important piece for them. Correct. And, like, a big part of, like, my whole theory there about, you know, sort of going in order, right? Buffalo, Ottawa, then Detroit. and uh, Maybe Detroit, Buffalo, Ottawa. We'll I know. I know. It's definitely looking like Detroit, Buffalo, Ottawa. Or, yeah. You know, it's it's so – it's – Unfortunately. It's tough. Michael Ann Lauer, who just purchased uh, the Senators, gets more frustration. Oh, God. And this uh, one, this, one uh, this this dates back uh, a few years now, and – and truthfully, I think the real reason this, this was handed out is is there were some angry heads within the Anaheim Ducks and Vegas Golden Knights organization, uh, but the Ottawa Senators tried trading uh, forward Evgeny. Is it Evgeny or what is it? Uh, Evgeny Dadanoff to uh, AKA Daddy, AKA maybe Daddy. the best nickname in the league, he was, uh, he was, other than Big Tuna. He was a senator. He he signed his uh, his contract extension with with the Senators. In that in that extension, he uh, had a no trade clause. Movement and uh, the Senators traded Dadanoff to the Vegas Golden Knights. They thought that was fine. They thought that was okay. Dadanoff was there for six months. Deadline comes. Playing real games. Vegas is like, all right, well, we're ready to move on. Vegas at the deadline tries to move Dadanoff to the Anaheim Ducks. The trade is accepted. It's about to go through. Dadanoff, daddy's agent, goes ballistic. Uh, alerts everyone in the league. They say, we have a clause. We have a clause. We have a clause. Ottawa doesn't trade it over. Um, Vegas gets looked at like, all right, well, you didn't look at it. I think the boys have a pretty uh, good opinion on what Vegas should have been in terms of what have they known and what they didn't. But uh, uh, Vegas was not handed the no trade clause movement. 
Anaheim was on the no trade clause. Vegas tried trading Dadunov to Anaheim. It was found out that he had the no trade clause. Trade was vetoed. Two years later, two years later on uh, what Wednesday or Tuesday? No, Thursday, the second. The NHL decided to suspend or to strip the Ottawa Senators of a first round pick that must be taken in the next three years. This is a similar little uh, um, punishment as what the Devils handed with the Kovalchuk signing for 17 years. Uh, that ended up being shortened as as the Devils were sold uh, to ending up being, I think, a second rounder. Uh, that's what the expectation was with Ottawa, especially with Ann Lauer taking over. He was furious. He didn't. He didn't. Uh, he, the NHL made it sound to Ann Lauer like this was a no, no issue, and uh, obviously to get the seller a little bit more money. And, and Ann Lauer feels stripped, but uh, he he voiced his frustration in the media. Uh, but boys, Ottawa stripped of a first round pick in the next three years. And as we're talking about a team that's trying to be competitive, as we're talking about a guy who went thirty second overall in Shane Pinto, every pick counts. Every pick is vol- uh, valuable. Senators lose a first rounder. What do we got? I mean, I, I, I just don't understand how this happens personally. When you sign a contract, part of your contract is the no trade clause if you're good enough to have one, right? If you if you negotiate for it. Yeah, it's in a contract though. But, I would think But it also but sorry to interrupt Arm, but it's it's part of the contract, it's negotiating the contract, but also like it has a price, right? Like you might be able to get more money if you don't go with the clause. Sure, I get it, I get it. Right. But he he signed a contract within the contract because it's a legal thing that they're allowed to enforce. There is a no trade clause. When you trade a player to a new team that inherits the contract, how do they not have access to a no trade clause? Where is it other than the contract? So I have a theory for mine. Yeah, it, like. Because they gave up the pick and it cost them a first-round pick, and as a Patriots fan, I'm pretty well experienced with teams having to sacrifice draft picks for league sanctions. Um, I bet they fussed with the document and took it out and sort of negotiated the trade to send him as if he had no movement. Like they asked. When the teams were talking, they said there was no clause. And when they sent the player and the contract over – they sent a redacted or Correct. an edited version of the contract just as an attachment. And a lot of people around the trade weren't doing a lot of due diligence. And it just kind of like they made a greasy move and they took a chance thinking maybe it won't come back. Like maybe nobody will hear from him again and he'll just play there for a little bit and won't be an issue. Um, or somebody did something really stupid and, and what the league's trying to do is like when there's a beef between owners, and I, I give Batman a lot of credit. Like he, I think he's, I think he's, unfortunately, like I, I do think he's good at his job, which is growing revenue and making more money for his thirty-two bosses. Mm-hmm. He, like when when there's beef between two of the owners in any league, like you want to settle that in house and you want to prevent it from turning into a legal thing because when it becomes legal. The court processes, and I don't know how it might be in Canada, but in the states, like the court processes, like end up revealing a ton of public information mm-hmm. that the owners don't want to make public. It doesn't serve any of them to open their books, which tends to happen in these legal processes. Yeah. So that's why it's really important for these guys to kind of close the doors, figure out a solution. And the fact they got whacked with a one, like, doesn't make any sense to me unless. You've got so, so so one theory is like that like they actually did something wrong and like and like dummied with the documents and like performed what would be a real crime in corporate America, right? Yeah. Um, 
the other the other idea is that the rest of the owners are sort of hazing the new owner of Ottawa, and <laughs> and it's not like a welcome to the show. It's like oh. they think the deal he got for the Senators was a better deal than all the things that they've done, right. and they're petty and upset, and they want to kick him in the dick. That's also possible. So, quick uh, quick comments thoughts to that. Um, the first victim of to fall in this Ottawa saga is Pierre Dorian. He resigned as the Ottawa Senators GM. Not going to say that that's an admission of guilt, but I think that says a little bit more about what the situation was. I do also think that's credit to Dorian for taking that on the chin and understanding that the the buck stops with him. So he understood that he fucked up and they lost a first-round pick. Um, To your owner's point, I think the NHL has been pretty friendly in terms of teams that are trying to buy organizations. You know, I think the NHL was trying to sell – um, Ottawa for a long time and you know obviously we talked about Reynolds getting in there and, and all the, the high celebrities that had talked about potentially buying the Senator's squad Andelauer who had a 10% stake in, in Montreal was very intrigued and wanted it and, and did and and to my point with uh, New Jersey a few years ago when the Kovalchuk thing happened they were going into new ownership the league took it and they suspended or they forfeited a first round pick they had three years to do it they waited those three years out Time came, NHL reduced it to like a second. And uh, will that happen in this scenario? Time will tell. It will be very interesting to see where, you know, especially with Ottawa performing the way they have out of the gate, if it's a lottery-protected pick, you know, there's no way Ottawa is going to give that up. And, and, you know, I think they'll wait the three years out and and try and wait as much time as they can and then potentially look at the appeal process. But um, definitely interesting to to track and kind of see, you know, I think in terms of GM fuck-ups, we don't see it too often. You know, I think the famous one is, is Dale Talon and the Chicago Blackhawks. Uh, this could be another one. So I think details and, and more stuff will come out as as we hear. Uh, Ann Lauer was very fresh and very uh, angered in his comments. And, and like I said, you know, I understand where he's coming from. He, you know, yes, league or owners probably feel that he maybe got a little lucky in terms of this purchasing, but <laughs> kind of sucks that he's walking in, you know, one of their young players, 41 games. Now they've got a first-round pick that they're losing. Like It's a bam-bam. It's a it, tough week. It's a tough week. It is a tough week in his first month and a half of a regular season owner. You and I just take Bukaki'd arm where I interrupted him, and, and then, then I the took, two of yep, us went right yep, in. Yep. So are, are, are you are you just upset and over this thing, or, or do you have something that, that we've ruined? No, I, I just don't understand how it happened. Um, but I will I, say I Ann Lauer came out and said it was our fault pretty much. So... That means it, it was. It sounds like the senators. I, I think your like first something. theory of them voiding or Changing eliminating or this this an amendment. No, no, no. An amendment is a real thing that exists. No, I know. I think but they like made doing an a secret that wasn't in, legal. <laughs> they changed a contract and misrepresented a contract yep. and misrepresented. Yep. which is and, crazy. Uh, that's, you know, that's, like, that's crooked. Like that, I don't that know how you, you don't have that for a, a real business. Dude, you get like nowadays in sports, you the whole contract is made public. Like you can. Like a lot of these are. Well, sometimes, but 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 now. they're not they're not like required to be public. It's not like it's not. It's I, not like I how know, you can but go like, look up what your city councilman makes. I, I get it, but oftentimes in pro sports, you hear if there's a no trade clause. Yes, and it's attached. Like you go to spot track and read, there's a no you trade clause no trade on the fucking. Yeah, you're player. right. You're right about that. You're right about that. How it, this no, was it's, hidden? It's wild. it's wild. In 2023, for that to happen, it, it is surprising. It's different. But you know what, though, honestly, in my experience out there in the real world, it's a reminder. That people are fucking idiots, and anywhere there are people, there are mistakes, mm-hmm. and there's laziness. And, you get lazy, get sloppy, and it's, it was that enough, right? And like, okay, fine player, and he's he's had some value mm-hmm. in different areas, but like, I think both teams were like, wasn't their top priority? Like, Correct. they nobody was losing their job over dad enough, or so they thought. Mm-hmm. Um, and it was just like like everybody was just kind of like 
fucking off and you know not 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 paying that close attention on the receiving end and then internally maybe it was one guy maybe it was a couple guys anyway you spin it like it happened and if anybody was paying attention or doing their job right all the way up the chain somebody would have been like uh guys they need to know that he's got a no move he's got a no move yeah and so a lot of people were either quiet or and good on him to be honest I'll, I'll, i'll give a takeaway you guys are saying that i like to don off more but to don off Guy just unwilling to play for the Ducks or a shit team. Yeah. This guy is like, I will call it like because they were oh, probably like, you don't his, have a no trade clause. Credit to his agent, bro. You uh, an agent. That's I think every agent would have done that. Yeah, I but agree, like, but, but he, yeah, I, yeah, he stuck to his guns even when they said it's not in your contract. He yeah. said, no, it is. So Vegas has to keep him, and then he moves on, and goes and signs with the There's Stars. Dallas, this guy yeah. wants to win. He does. He does. That's one uh, takeaway. He's a winning player. That's kind of the story of Ottawa. The story of uh, his name's Daddy. So. The, uh, the, the story of the Suns and then the tough week for Michael Ann Lauer in, in Ottawa. Um, Sussies, Sussies. You know, I, I, we're gonna keep this one quick, but Charlie McAvoy uh, took a took a little bit of a dangerous run at uh, OEL Oliver Eklund Larson in front of the was it Boston or Florida Net? In front of the Florida Net. Bruins right. are in the power play. Puck is not really in the vicinity of OEL. I think it may have left his stick within the last thirty. Bruins are in the power play. McAvoy's coming. He's he's basically the weak side D while the puck is on the near side boards. He's the far side D. And after some puck movement in the near side defenseman putting the puck towards the net, McAvoy on the far side crashes the net on the power play, and so he takes a few powerful strides, accelerates quickly towards the front of the net. Shot comes through, rebound comes out, OEL moves the rebound, and then late, later than it should have been, it wasn't bang-bang, um, McAvoy's driving the net, OEL gets rid of the puck, nobody's yep. looking, and uh, or no, OEL is not looking to and ready for contact. He's already given up the puck, and McAvoy goes finishes you know, high it wasn't finishes high it was he picks the head and he goes shoulder to chin yeah which and you know i know you're 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 obviously the bruins fan you're the one that's taken the brunt of the the punishment here uh but this is something the game is you know a whole game in general just hockey is as a sport is trying to remove head contact so is sports and uh you know i think unfortunately i think the league took into consideration that the, the refs i think missed one on mcavoy earlier in the game that was a little high there looked like, you know, yes, it was a missed rebound, but a little more frustration in that hit than than not is what it kind of looked like. And, you know, it was a dangerous play, and uh, the league felt like it was a four-game suspension. Yeah, I have no issues with it. I mean, it's a hit that personally I'm happy is out of the game. I don't think it adds to anything. I don't think it's like a good, tough hockey. I think there's like cross-check him in the gut, you know. Make him feel pain, but like just going after somebody's head. And like, mm-hmm. I'm not trying to say McAvoy's a dirty player or anything here, but like that hit, you get suspended for, and you just should know that. And when it happens, I again don't think he's a dirty player. You get suspended. Yep. I think four games is adequate. It's enough to where it's punishment, but not going to kill him. Have you heard Jamal Mayer's take on physical blood contact? Got to get half the body. Yeah, yeah. Like if you can't get fifty percent of the body with your check, then you shouldn't be throwing it. I agree. And yeah. it's just like, don't go for people's heads. It doesn't add to the game. No, and, and, and like the actual play, you watch the play, and it's like, that suspension, I don't care what jersey the guy's wearing. Yep. For me, it's frustrating because McAvoy, he just scored a goal to put the Bruins ahead. Um, he's playing at a really high level. This is the Florida team, same Florida team that obviously embarrassed and ruined the mm-hmm. Bruins season last year. And I got a lot, a lot of... Shocking number of guys on both sides have changed, right? Uh, it's not exactly the same lineups, Correct. but you know he's out there playing really hard. They had a dog shit first period, and they uh, some came. I, I only, of course, I actually, of course, I only watched the first to be period. Honest, 
this kind of changed the game. I think Florida was up at this point, and then Boston kind of found their legs late. No, because McAvoy scored the game, game, game-winning goal three-two. No, he was, he was kicked out of the game. I know he scored that goal before he got kicked out. Well, they won it. In, uh, what's his face? Won it in overtime. So he, they were um, down. They were down two-zero. They went up three-two, and then it was three-three, four-three in the shootout. No overtime, but yeah, that might be right. On those, he had either just he just scored the game time goal. Yeah. No, I, I hear what you're saying. McAvoy had just tied the game, and um. You know, it's just like the reason I say it's frustrating is because it's, it's a boneheaded decision by McAvoy in the moment. Um, I think he could have, in that moment, he could have just driven right through the center of OEL and he might have got called two for interference. Um, but, you know, I, I don't hate that. And McAvoy, like, that's what he has to offer is value. It's like he plays on the edge and he ta- he makes huge hits because he's such an excellent skater and he's got that killer instinct. It's frustrating to me that he's sort of, you know, you only get so many lives in this world of player safety, right? Mm-hmm. Um, he got popped in the 2019 playoffs for um, a similar hit on Josh Anderson. Yeah, I don't want to, it was similar contact where he just cut across the front of the guy's body and hit him on the chin, but it wasn't the same thing. It was Josh Anderson driving into the, like, like crossing the blue line, entering the O-zone with uh, another guy on his back shoulder and McAvoy being the defender coming across his own guy, mm-hmm. which is a little bit of a faster, real, true hockey yeah. play. So I don't want to call them the same play, but my point is now he's used two of his nine lives, right? And he ha- And he blows one of them. On this stupid hit on a guy like OEL, who like, who like, <laughs> what did OEL ever do to anybody that like warranted any kind defense. of like an attack? He's not a guy who's throwing the body. Around. Yeah, and all, like he wasn't there last year. He's not like a Gudas. Like Correct. He, he's he's not a guy that has this coming to him. So it's it's just a boneheaded mental mm-hmm. lapse yep. that is now gonna just live on McAvoy's track record. Correct. And he will be suspended again. He, that will occur. He's young enough that, yeah, that's fair. He plays hard, and he skates. He's such a great skater. He likes to play violently. He causes these collisions. So that's why I'm frustrated because he's, like, blowing his brownie points on this meaningless play with OEL um, in November. Yeah. No, I, I hear take. you. I hear you. I'm, I'm actually happy to hear you're not fighting the suspension. Which So I so I thought I thought my first thought when I saw it was three. I thought two. So I thought two. Okay. So yeah, yeah. So my first thought when I saw it was three. I found out there was no injury to OEL, but I found out that McAvoy had all. I forgot he had been suspended a playoff game for the Josh Anderson. Gotcha. So, so you factor in his track record, yeah. and yep. it was so unnecessary. Four, I'm not shocked. Uh, five, I would have been a little surprised because mm-hmm. he's he's played almost 400 games and he's had one incident and he plays like he plays a heavy, violent game, but a pretty clean game generally right. speaking. Um, and so, yeah. So I, you know, three or four, I think would have been fine. I think two. I would have looked at two and said he got off light. I would have too. That was my first. My first thought was like probably three, because I thought they'd go a little lighter on it. But then I was like, when I heard four, I was like, you know, that's adequate and that's probably the right punishment. Like I, I have no issue with it at all. I think it's as strong as it needs to be. It's not weak, you know. And two silver linings on this. One, OEL's okay. That's good because that that's the kind of hit that could really fuck up a guy's career. I don't think exactly. That's why McAvoy is uh, appealing. I don't no, think. no, he's he's not, he's not. I, I think There's it's a very fair. I, I agree. I, you it's know. A good ruling. Um, and then, and then, so the two silver lines, right? OEL's healthy. That's good. We like yep. the guys to be healthy. That's true. Um, Mason Lorai is going to be coming up for the Bruins. Um, Ohio State product. Um, he's a former second round pick. I've been talking about him a lot. He's supposed to be the future of the Bruins. On D, um, 
you know, about 21, something like that. He's big, tall kid, 6'6". I'm a little nervous that he's more Brendan Carlo than he is Jacob Slavin. But I'm holding out hope that he can be somewhere in the middle like a Keandre Miller. Nice. Yeah. That would be cool. Well, you know, he's going to play second line tonight. They have two other AHLers playing the third line pairing. Shut up. Ian Mitchell's playing? Where's Ian Shattenkirk Mitchell and, and Parker Watherspoon. Oh, Parker Watherspoon. And Ian sure. Mitchell are your third pairing. Parker Watherspoon, sure. Because you guys are banged up and you have the McFoy. Interesting. Laura is from Baton Rouge, Louisiana. What happened to I mean I mean I'm fine with young guys playing and like again I could I, I put a Twitter poll out. Are, are Bruins fans happy with their success or do they wish that there was uh, more adversity in the regular season after last year and being just emotionally damaged? And everybody said I'll take the wins. Um, but I'm a more I'm a more adversity guy. Yeah, so I, I'm, I thought that was a crazy poll, but I'm a fucking crazy guy. I know. Yeah. <laughs> and I've definitely got some loose screws from No, but the you guys just have injuries. Year. Grizzle just hit the IR and Grizzlick, then four yeah. hurt too. Yeah. <laughs> Grizzlick, man. They should have fucking moved him. He's a really, he's a great person. I, I can't say enough good things about who he is. Facebook friend of mine. I mean, I've met him. A and friend of mine played with him. I have him. never he, met him. He's, he's a, he's a, he's a, he's just, he's a, he's a really just <laughs> good dude. Um, yeah. Are you Facebook friends with him though? I deleted my Facebook after you know being extorted by. Well, I did not. Friends. I actually friended a lot of top college hockey prospects. He's thinking about the slot shot and uh, Grizzle is one of them. Yeah. Captain at BU. My friend. I think so, yeah. That's right, he was. And for whatever reason, he accepted. Was he there with Eichel? He, Must no, have been, right? he Close. won. He might have been in one of his younger years. No, I'm trying one. to remember. No, I'm thinking Matt Gilroy, who was the captain when they won it all. He Eichel did play, he did play with Eichel. He did play yeah, with that's Eichel. that's what I thought. They lost the province. Moving on. Yeah, speaking Any... of uh, <laughs> Shane Pinto suspensions. Did you play for Providence? No, but... Uh, Evan Rodriguez and some of the other guys in that BU team were caught up in something much more ominous than what Pinto just went away okay, for. Okay, okay. Okay, all right. Let's move on. Yeah. I don't know what you're talking about, but... Yeah. Moving on to loose change. A little uh, recap of what's happened in the last week. There was no frozen frenzy, unfortunately, but uh, uh, after the success of that, I think it will be back for the future. A lot of fun games. Obviously, we had the Heritage Classic like we talked about. Finally saw McDavid healthy. The Oilers looked good, looked confident, looked like they should have. Um, we're not going to spend too much time on Edmonton. The New York Rangers. New York Rangers went out west, and what they do? They just won, 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 won. Uh, this this Rangers team has looked very good to start the season. Uh, you're you're seeing it. What do we got on uh, on the New York Rangers to start the year so far? Yeah, so I saw the Rangers at seven and two, and uh, I had not been following them too closely. I was surprised to see they were at seven and two after a two and two start. Um, but they go out, take care of Seattle, Calgary, Edmonton, Vancouver, Winnipeg. Not the biggest gauntlet, but when you have five road games on the West Coast, um, that's impressive. So, mm-hmm. I mean, that's very, very good stretch right there. And that's a stretch that, you know, can make a lot of your the rest of your season easier. You know, you're not 7-2 and two with that five-game road trip out West coming up. Uh, Panarin has been on one. He's got 15 points. He had 10 points. Jeez. Averaged two points a game on that road trip. So that is fantastic. Obviously, probably going to lead the team in scoring. And him... Bald-headed Panarin, grinding away. You know, is is it's it's just a good sign if they yeah. if they have prime Panarin right now. You Five know, or like a second assists. prime. Yep. Um, that's fantastic. You know, so that's that's good signs. There, they're not letting up any goals. And the power play, second best in the league at thirty-four and, uh, and a half. Yeah, and the power play should be great. I mean, you have a Fox, great Fox Kreider. Yeah, Panarin, there's so much talent, Zin, but uh, Zinni. They they don't give up goals, and what's funny is Johnny Quick has been unbelievable. <laughs> 
57 saves or 56 saves, one goal against in three games. Um, this guy's standing on his head. A guy we talked about as maybe being the Vegas Knights savior last year. Uh, now comes to New York and uh, backing up for Shusirk and one of the best goalies in the league has just been fantastic. Backup goaltending matters. Um, so, yeah, this team this team looks really good. Seems like they have a little bit more balance. You want to see, again, Lafreniere's got four goals, mm-hmm. but no assists. Kako's oh. got a goal and an assist. Lafreniere's on the, he's on the watch. He's on he's the on Marchenko, watch. Marchenko watch. Yeah, um, yeah but I, I, I think the only thing that you would love to see more of is the two young guns get going a little bit more. Philip Heedles look good so far. Um, but, uh, yeah, this, te- this team's playing well. And you know what's funny? One of our first podcasts last year was this same topic because the Rangers were playing well. So so when I was thinking about this, I'm like, I think we should talk about them because they just had one of the most impressive five-game stretches over this past, like, ten days. How's Igor doing? Uh, Igor's been bad. 906 save percentage. But did you hear my Johnny Quick stat? Yeah. 5-2. So Johnny Quick may be the starter soon. Oh, just, kidding, just kidding! Just kidding! How how cool would that be if Quick had a chance at this point in his career to like maybe be like maybe there's an injury or something or like or, or like lead or, the Rangers to the promised land, dude. I, I mean, from that would, he was so freaking good that Kings year. Kings years. Years, yeah, yeah, yeah. But specifically the when he won the Conn Smythe, yeah. he was. Oh, it's ridiculous! Outrageous! It was like Tim Thomas. Even even the years they didn't make it to the final, I mean. He is. He was a top three playoff performer every series for this this Kings team. I feel like he was the last great small goalie. I gotta think about that, but yeah, it feels that way. It definitely feels that way. These goalies are monsters now. <laughs> Six four and like two ten, big boys. And, but, yeah, I mean, it wasn't quite your Liam O'Brien termite of the week uh, call, but yeah, I did bring up on the pod. I think the last time we spoke that when this Ranger power play gets cooking we forget how elite it is because our memories are still tainted by the end yep. of that devil series in the playoffs last year. And I mean, you just look at their points and it's just, that's the power play unit. So yep. they are cooking. Um, I was just frustrated. I was on the phone trying to look up like the team stats. And of course I couldn't Don't find it. Don't well, it's just annoying. It's like, I used to know how to do that on the old NHL <laughs> app, but now it's all. Hey, you got, you, we've fun. already we voiced our frustrations about the NHL. But app. But I did see that they're out shooting Carolina ten to two as we speak after one. After well, yeah, yeah, yep. So I mean, oh God. Speaking of which, yeah, I'm just I'm getting texts from my dad because the Bruins Leafs game right now is exclusively on Hulu. Oh no! Oh no! No! Yeah! No! no. So no, he's no, trying no. to get Silence into my brother's. Phone. He's trying. He's trying to get into my brother's Turn account. Off. Turn your phone off. I. Those are the worst, you know. Anyone who uh, boomers, are boomers trying to stream. Oh my god! It's uh, it is a pain in the butt to to try and teach them through, though. But <laughs> is it not also like a bullshit like promotional thing where we're gonna pick some games and make them exclusively on Hulu? Like what? Like I I really I need it's, someone. It's I need shift of like Apple TV is trying to buy everything. Like but all I, these I, I need someone to like whiteboard out for me. Like what's the business case for that? Like I, like, I, like I what that. is Hulu Hulu paying for those exclusive privileges instead of finding a way to split up the schedule where Hulu gets some of the package is paying like like it it's just I, I don't really understand yeah, Hulu, it. Hulu ESPN I, Plus it's a tough tough little. Well, this game I think is accessible on both. And no, it, they're it both is. they're both under on, the Disney umbrella. Is it on? Uh, well, listen, live Jack. Jack, they're the, Hulu and ESPN Plus are. I know they're I both know, owned they by Disney. I know they are. I know they are. Right? Mm-hmm. Are they? No, I don't know if Hulu is owned by, but they have a deal with Disney Plus, ESPN Plus, and Hulu. They have a deal. Does Hulu go to Disney? 
It doesn't matter. We're talking hockey. We're talking hockey. Anyway. We're talking hockey. All right, so Hulu must not be part of Disney because that would hockey. that would blow the whole thing up. All right, anyway, all right, I'm not going to do this. No, it, it, the Rangers have been uh, impressive to start, and you know we talked. Comcast about it. owns Hulu. Ah, uh, that'd be interesting. I didn't know that. Um, oh no, majority is owned by Walt Disney. I'm sorry, I'm sorry, but okay, now I'm pissed off. Now I'm pissed off. Disney owns all of them. Yeah, no, I, I get Disney it. Disney owns I, all of them. I, I get it. I get so it. what the fuck are we it. doing here? We're robbing Peter to pay Paul. God, that's frustrating. It's probably just some dweeb's idea that this will increase, like, like this will get more people I from ESPN to Hulu. I, God, what? A, ooh, that's frustrating. Wow. Wow. Blood pressures are rising. Mm. Uh, but, you know, God. it's uh, Assholes. watching the Rangers, as Alex hinted at, you know. Sweden. Thank God for South Park. Just but, thank God for South Park. All right. Enough about Disney. The only ones with the balls and intelligence to hit these guys where it hurts. Got it? Good. <sighs> Give me a zinner. <laughs> this is a first on air. Um, no, but the Rangers on their West Coast trip, very impressive stuff. Um, what else do we want to talk about in terms of the last week in review? I, I wanted to talk a little Calgary, but anything? Uh, yep, I've got some game I'm notes. down for Calgary. I actually watched Calgary last night, too. And jump, into, jump into the Flames. All right, well, let's jump into it. And, you know, it's been uh, – I, I, I had them towards the end of this uh, Pacific division in terms of our previews, but – uh, it's been ugly for the Calgary Flames, and, and you know it's funny. Last year it was a little bit on Markstrom. Markstrom's been pretty good this year to start, and uh, it's just an inability to score, inability to get really leadership, and and the continue just disappearance of Jonathan Huberto, and, and the Flames suck, plain and simple. But boys, what do we got on on Calgary so far to start the year? Take it, Army. Yeah, I mean they've been lifeless. They've just been they've just been getting their shit kicked in. Uh, to the point where, like, the post-game interviews are essentially just them, like, saying, like, we suck. We need to figure something out. Zadorov's um, called the team out. It's, yeah, it's bad. No, everyone has. And I don't, I don't think there's any, like, disgruntlement of anyone calling anyone out right now because they all understand that's what it is. You know, I don't, I don't think they're upset by that, um, which I guess is a good sign. But last night I watched them, the Stars came into town, and they looked good. They, 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 I, I thought I outplayed the Stars for most of the game. And the Stars' talent won out in the end but uh i thought calgary for the first time this season has shown some life you know they were getting pucks on net i'm growing to love and i i thought they've kind of split up this power line of manjapani coleman and uh backland um but i love manjapani manjapani is becoming one of my favorite players they've bumped him up to the first line now he's just a grinder with a shot um which is great because they're like the last year I raged about them because they're great grind line that generated chances and finished them, which is like everything you could want, really. You'd think that's just a great line. Um, but yeah, this team shouldn't be this bad. They really shouldn't. Mackenzie Wegars looked good. He looked really good last night. Um, I, I, I don't know. Hannafins look like shit to me. Um, it's funny. I saw Hannafin. I thought he was moving. You thought he was good? It was a small, small sample size. I was kind of in and out of it on Sunday. Kind of in one. Well, his expectations are high, by the way, because he's a great player. I like, just thought that his footwork movement, like I, I saw a clip of him, like a little sequence, and I thought he was moving around the ice like Quinn Hughes on that on that sequence. And, and that's a big that. fella. That's a big fella moving like that. He's immensely talented. Like he, he just is. Oh, and you bring up Hannafin. You talk about uh, Backlund. The only thing that's come out of Calgary is that they have halted all contract extensions because of this poor play. Hannafin, a guy who's in a, an extension year and, and looking for the money, it's 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 interesting to see what it what has happened so far. I think on Sunday uh, in the Heritage Classic, I I think besides two power play goals, the Calgary Flames were 
for the most part, pretty freaking awful. No, so that's not true. They they started the game asleep. Correct. But they did battle back. They did. I mean, they they did. They they did. They they competed for the last thirty minutes of the game. Again, that's thirty minutes that's too fair. few, that's and it's thirty minutes too late. It's yeah. too little, too late. But um, I, I don't think that was a, a complete dead fish outing the whole game. Um, I thought they were they had a, a pretty embarrassing you know first period for them. Yeah, and I was just looking at stats here, like the plus minuses, and I like plus minus as a stat, but I don't like view it as God. You it's know, not the end all be all, but I do think it does. It, it it's like large sample size. It shows a trend, and ten games can be a decent sample size. Yeah, and a lot of it's coming from the best forwards, which is just a a bad sign. And you know, I I just hate the yikes. The lineup construction, really. Linhol minus five. Huberto minus eleven. Huberto and Kadri have been 12. horrible to start the year. And the beer I just drank is, is eleven months past its expiration date. Yeah. Really? It's it's and no. It, it's, it, it's what's bad. funny is it it's tastes bad. significantly different than the one that's seven months past its expiration date. <laughs> oh, that's 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 beer for the pod. Um, no, it's been it's been bad for for Calgary to start the year, and and they're kind of in a. Um, I got December twenty three. They got to figure things out no up in Alberta. But all right, we're not talking about beer, boys. 22. Podcast hockey. We're Sorry. almost done. We're almost done. Sorry, so, so my my thing with the Flames is like, is honestly, honestly, boys, Lindholm, Kadri, Backlund down the middle, they should be better than this. I don't care. I don't care about the rest of the supporting cast. Mm-hmm. Um, goaltending hasn't been excellent, but it hasn't been a horrible issue. They ran Suter out of town or Sutter out of town last year. Um, now they've got this AHL guy. I, maybe he's not ready. I don't know. I, I'm, I haven't been following right? all of it. His name's weird. I don't know it. Um, but I, I, I mean, they're in a hole right now. Oh, that, Huska. Yeah, th- I, I bet they're plus money to make the playoffs right now. Yeah. Oh yeah. <laughs> That's not even a question. What's what, what's the record? Jack? If they do, they're to be two and seven. No, no, no overtimes, huh? No overtime points. Two seven and one. Sorry. Two seven and one. That's bad. Yeah. And like that's a hole. Yeah. yeah. It is. I I just don't see any juice in the, like I don't know who's going to put goals in and the centers are really good but they're not great. They oh. don't they don't like who are the elite players on this team? Right. And like the last time Lindholm was elite, oh, he had a guy named Gaudreau on one on one wing and Kachuk on the other. And I think Lindholm's going to like I think he's a free agent after this year. Yeah, I he think is. he's going to go be Huge I think player. next year he's Depending on where he goes, he's going to have a huge year. Oh, it just feels um, like the vibes, uh, the candlelight is kind of out in the Calgary, uh, Calgary uh, locker room. And there's just no juice. There's man. no juice. I, no, I like Cooper that. Cooper Joe, Mangiapane, didn't realize Coleman, dirty this year. This guy Hunt, Sharon Govich, like they just know who who is putting yeah. goals in the net. I don't see anyone in this lineup, and it makes the Kachuk trade even more infuriating because <sighs> you bring in two guys who don't score, yep. uh, who who are past first players. It's like, where did you think goals were going to come from? Mm-hmm. Um, it's it's kind of infuriating, especially combined with the Kadri signing. And I love Kadri as a player, but like they bought you got to put somebody around him. And they bought high. They yeah. you, they bought him off Fresh a career off year yep. playing an unreal matchup when he's in an unreal behind, lineup. When he's bought, yeah, that's my point. He's, yeah. he's, he's playing third line center there. Yeah. yeah. No, I, I think quickly to to kind of close her out on. Uh, on a little loose change, I think it's got to be talked about what Montreal and Winnipeg have done to start the year. Uh, Montreal third in the Atlantic. I think Winnipeg third in the Central. Um, it, it's been interesting starts. I think these are two teams that we both picked to to kind of start really slow and, and end very slowly. Uh, but And it, I, I want to rip through some more loose change before we go. I promise I'll be fast. No problem. 
Thanks. No problem. But uh, no, it's been uh, it's been interesting. Winnipeg playing with a little chip on their shoulder, and uh, they, they've made a little bit of a run so far in the Central, and then Montreal. Montreal is it's been it's been the Caulfield and and Young Guns show so far. You know, the Doc injury hasn't slowed them down too much, and it's been interesting to see what the vibes have been with the Canadians, the Canadians, Canadians. Uh, yeah, that's all I got. The missing Kirby Doc is almost spawning. Next gen, next gen. What about Tuvo? What about? But Tuvo? I mean, to be fair, with this Canadian's roster, it's kind of a hole, uh, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> which says something about them. But Caulfield and Nick Suzuki, I actually really enjoy watching. Mm-hmm. I, I, I think they're both fun players. Caulfield looked great against the Hawks. It's been really the only Montreal game I've watched this year. But so he's looked be good on all my year. Watch, he's looked good since he stepped into the league. Really? Yeah. Oh yeah. Um, Got hurt, and uh, unfortunately, but yeah, Caulfield healthy is is good for the. Good for the league, and it's funny enough. I know uh, that the the Canadians are passing along like a Louis Vuitton bucket hat. So now Doc's got it. There's pictures with Caulfield with it. I think uh, whoever. Is if you George. need another reason to hate this team. I will say the the reason I I would say the biggest reason for this team's success right now, Jake Allen is a monster. Really. Um yeah. and. I watched him. He played the Wings twice last year and was just a monster. And I'm like, this guy looks like one of the best goalies in the league. Um, and he's continued that. I think he had a good year last year. I think when the Canadians, because inevitably they're, they're not going to be in the playoff hunt, I think Jake Allen could be a piece. I don't ooh, know how old ooh, he is and if they want to keep him around. Ooh. But he's playing incredibly well. And he's got to be on a good number, right? He's got to be. Three and million, his, his four, stats say three. He's, and this is, again, advanced analytics. Jack, can we, get, can we get a look up will. on Jake Allen's contract? I'll tell, you, I'll, I'll tell you how old he is at least. But uh, Jake Allen leads the league in shots saved above expected. <laughs> Thirty three. So, Army nerd take stats. That, take contract that for what you cap will. friendly. Signed a two year, five million, five seven deal in twenty twenty. So, so five seven total. Five seven a year. Or five seven AAV. No way he makes five point seven AAV. Uh, three. Three, three. Okay. Okay. So that's that's about. So that's a. That's a much more acquirable contract for a place like Edmonton. With Edmington. a no-trade clause, by the way, boys. I think he'll be willing to leave. <laughs> Seven-trade um, seven team, no-trade clause. Anyway. Um, yeah, but I think he could be a sneaky, low-cost addition for a team that kind of has a rotating door, you know, see if he's the one who gets hot. I think that's a good snipe. I haven't watched any Habs. I'm, I'll, I'll watch some. Um, I mean, I'm not really advocating for you to. I think they're going to go away, and I agree with you, and I think that's a good point about Jake Allen and his, no, his movability at the deadline. But – um, to get off the Habs because it's just there's not a lot. They actually there. just re-signed him in October, but uh, it's, it's, no, I know. But to a two-year, I just think that they they have more hope in him being there for than longer than a year. I just I think it's good for the league. I know you hate the Canadians, but it, it's good hockey when the Canadians are are competitive. There's no question about it. Yeah, they're not going to be. Um, so uh, rattle off your list. Speaking of competitive, John Tortorella and the Philadelphia Flyers. I mean, for wow. God's sake, um, yep. you know the the. the, the they kicked out their GM and they brought in Keith Jones and promoted Daniel Breer. Mm-hmm. And Jones and Breer are kind of, you know, tag teaming on the front office side. Jones is known as like one of the most likable, just like good dudes that gets along with everybody, is really straightforward and just like the opposite of an asshole. Tortorella's got a reputation of being a hard ass, but if you talk to any guys that played for him, nobody says that he plays mind games. Like, he's really direct and clear with his guys, and he communicates clearly. And some guys just don't fit his philosophy. And I think what's going on there is they've got the front office and the coach that are all reading from the same sheet of music. Like, they're all on the same page about what they want to do, what they want to be. And I want to give Tortorella credit because he seems to have really embraced how to coach the younger generation and how to how to kind of temper – uh, some of the ways that he just operates on a daily basis. And um, when you watch that team, and I, I caught some of their game against uh, Minnesota, and you know, 
they just look like a team that is, wants to play hard for their coach. And it's it's like it's they're they're kind of a pesky bunch. They I bet down the stretch they pop some team um, and like impact the playoff race by by playing yeah. spoiler. And this Bobby Brink, I mean, we remember him at Denver in that uh, that Frozen Four run. Um, he's putting the puck in the net everywhere. Another guy that jumped off the screen in this game, Brock Faber in Minnesota. I, mm-hmm. He's a beast. When they lost Dumba, you know, they were talking about trading Dumba for years, and Dumba's been a little bit of a polarizing kind of player on the ice just with his production. Um, that felt like a big hole. And I think I think Billy G and I think, like, in the organization, they were like, no, like, we're not spending money because We have cheap labor with Brock Faber. Dude, Faber was the best, the best player the best defenseman on the ice. He wasn't better than Kaprizov in some of those forwards. But, like, um, he was really impressive to me. Uh, quick notes. Uh, saw Boston play Anaheim twice. Um, all the young kids, all the young kids on Anaheim, the high skills, like, the, you know, it's Zegris, but it's not just Zegris. Um, McTavish. Drysdale, well, Drysdale's hurt, I think. It's not Drysdale, the Drysdale. Uh, just n- none of them do the little things. Um, I think McTavish does. McTavish kind of does, does, does yeah. but I've been impressed that. by him every time I watch him. So McTavish being the outlier, um, but like none of them do the little things. But the other thing I noticed is the the rest of that lineup is really pat for Beaky. Uh, this guy Carrick, he's been around a little while. I know he is a fucking knuckle dragger mutant out there. Um, they got Ross the Boss Johnston, who's playing minutes for them and, like, pushing people around. And it was really frustrating because Lucic had just gotten hurt. And if Lucic was on, was in the lineup, that would have been a tilt. Lucic and Johnston, which would have been a heavyweight bout. But anyway, Gudis, of course. Um, and so they were like, they, they were playing really, really, really chippy. Um, and that was interesting to me, that the sort of dichotomy there between the high-end skill guys being soft and weak and bad at the little things and then these blue-collar grinders running around mucking it up. Um, Bruins thing I mentioned Patra. He's I'm I'm really high on him. I, I I want I want I want I want the pod and our listeners to keep an eye on 51 for the Bruins. Yeah. Can I ask a Ducks question? Jump in, Leo Carlson. Yeah. Looked Any good. takeaways early? Looked very good so, so far. So what I he there were like a few moments where he just jumped off the screen. Like he picked off a pass. He picked off a pass. Uh, like enter like a neutral zone pass and turned it right into his own entry and just like. It was like whoa, like one-handed, like 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 stick, in, like you know, top hand out on the back end, just corrals this immediately, gets it in, and had a really sick two-on-one scoring chance. And then another moment, some guy like floats a saucer where he just chucked it into the mixer, and Carlson was there, and Carlson just like knocks it out of the air and immediately roofs it, and he missed the net, it went over the net, but just the skill to knock that down and then make a, I think it was a backhand roof job, like. Again, it didn't score, but it was just like, whoa, not a lot of guys yep. can do that. I think the game looks fast from right now when he clearly looks like he's going to be able to slow down the game. You know? Oh, he's, he's, um, he's going to look like a, it seems a like true his NHLer game, for a long time. He looks fantastic. I will yeah. say, just because I, I, I love a little stat sheet look, uh, horrible at faceoffs to start his career. Oh. Ten, 10 wins, 46 losses. For who? Leo Carlson. I, I, I expect that to change, but it's, it's just I, I just didn't realize how how competitive NHL faceoffs are, and I'm learning that this year with all these top end rookie centers. Yep, they're losing at a rapid rate; like they're just getting bodied. Question for the pod, and I also want to put it to our listeners: slotshotpodcast at gmail dot com. Do we think rookie struggles in the dot are 
lack of dedication to like 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 learning the league and learning how to play with adults and perfecting the skill or is there a bigger thing where vets get better little detailed breaks from the refs in the dot probably a little bit of both but i would say more so i i don't think the refs are skewing it in a 10 to 46 way and leo carlson's a big dude i think eventually he'll probably be around a like you play? any average like non-rookie nhl centers around between 45 and 55 because um, like yeah, so th- that to me is not just refs. To me, but I will just say like 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 the last few years of Bergeron, like as like an official NHL legend, like and he's ripping like sixty plus percent every year. He would get away with murder and just bully the rat. Like there, he just got everybody. There is there's definitely a sense of of kind of having that veteran leader, or veteran. I don't know what the word I'm thinking of, but having that just, just kind of respect. sense of respect. You're yes, to, exactly, exactly. But no, I think it's, this is an adjustment of playing in the best league in the world. Plain and simple. I just didn't realize how, how competitive the NHL dot is. Oh, Jesus, yeah. Big it's time. the best league in the world. I, spent, I mean, mean? How, much, how much time do I emphasize well, face-offs I, a ton? Yeah. I, I know, but I, I like this is shocking numbers from all these rookies. Good stories. teams win face-offs. All right, clean, cleaning out the rest of the loose change from the car seat. Simple. L.A., I caught some of L.A., Toronto. You're liking your cup pick, aren't you? It's early, but um, you know, nobody plays more minutes than Makar. Maybe but Drew Doughty. I mean, the guy is a freaking machine. He is. I love Drew Doughty. He is so like I just I, we don't need to gush. I think we've been on it, but like it was it just jumped right out. Toronto's goalies are a problem. They're yeah. a problem. They're just they're a freak. They're a mess. Wall has been good. But that's Wall not that's the Wall is not them winning. You know, they they need a guy. I, I get it, but he's been good. Just, just, just cleaning up the loose change. The chrome domes on LA are so stupid. I hate them wearing them away too. Drove me nuts. Oh, they're that just, pissed me off. they're so dumb. And they ruined like that. what like would that. have been a decent jersey matchup. I do have yeah. kind of an off-brand LA takeaway. Quinn Byfeld makes me uh, respect how great Tage Thompson is because these big dudes you know being coordinated and holding onto the puck. You can see for Byfeld, it's tough. He's got so much length to be good in tight spaces. And then I watched Tage Thompson do it. I'm like, there's nobody else doing this in the Tage, fucking league. You know what, Army? I, I I need to kind of disagree a little bit because my note on Byfield is I'm seeing it. I'm starting to see it. I know he's got he's and got he's, flashes of it. I'm not hating on him. He's making really simple plays, and it definitely helps that he's out there with Kopitar and with um, and with Kempe, right? Yeah. Two of our favorites. Um, but I'm starting to see it for Byfield, which is huge for the organization, and huge for their upside. No, I mean, but the upside, what... the upside of Byfield is he's he makes the simple plays and he makes the the extra plays. I think or that's, he's just a superstar. We were starting you know? to see it, and uh, you with, said Byfield, you meant Kopitar. With no, I meant Byfield. With the Kings, you're starting to see it. The young guns are they're Byfield's developing. A superstar. And then, if he were to be one, he, he would just make the simple the plays. Of he could be, a, you know, the, the, he's the not, number two he's, overall they pick. Thought, I, I they thought it. he would be a superstar, yeah. um, and it's still early on on him for sure. But the young guns of, of LA have have come to show and, and come to play, and, and the Kings are the Kings are rolling right now. But the, on the Leafs, dude, their fourth line can't play. <laughs> Reeves has had a tough go. Reeves has had a tough. He's go. got to have some nine four yep, games. Yep. yep. Um, but uh, yeah, they um, love Matty Nyes though. Yeah, yeah. Nyes is Nyes is looking. How about okay. freaking Pittsburgh? How about him? Two and six. Bottom of the cellar. Not great, Bob. Tristan Jari is one of my least favorite goalies in the league. I think that's a bit. Yeah, you, know, you want to talk about goaltending. I think freaking Pittsburgh needs a goalie. Tristan Jari is probably a good backup in the league. Like I, I'm not trying to say he's the worst goalie in the league. He's a, he's a good NHLer. I just really do, don't like the guy. Not him as a I person, just his game. I hear you. Yeah, we'll uh, that's since, it. That's since it for we the talked a change. little bit about Pittsburgh, I know you didn't want to cover this, but we are going to say our condolences to uh, Adam Johnson, who lost his his life in uh, EIHL hockey game over the weekend. What a terrible, terrible thing. It, it's awful. We uh, we have no thought. You know, it, it's just it, 
it's awful. That's all we can say, and we yeah. give our condolences to the family. Uh, Penguins organization, uh, Ontario Rain, uh, tons of teams that that were affected by uh, by it. But and just just to wrap on the Johnson, you know, I, like we are an opinion podcast, and we're we're just gonna punt on opinions with this. There's no there's no opinions. The only opinions we're offering is that this is just a, just a terrible moment yep. for 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 people. So terrible moment for people, terrible moment for the game, and just oh, it's just awful, awful moment for the sports world over the weekend. So condolences with the Johnson family for uh, for sure. Um, all right, well, loose change wise, I thought that was that was that was good. That was good, and uh, uh, to reel her all in and, and finish her off. Do we have a message from uh, from anyone or or no? Oh, should we hear from our sponsors? Well, let's hear from our sponsors. Maybe the tr- just, is there a sparkling water that we're talking about? Today's episode of Slot Shot Podcast is brought to you by Trader Joe's Sparkling Water. Go stock up on the new raspberry lime flavor in your local Trader Joe's today. Wake up thirsty, bloated, pre-diabetic. Crack into an ice-cold Trader Joe's sparkling water for that refreshing, flavorful, 99-cent carbonated goodness with zero calories and natural flavors. Trader Joe's, come for the deals, stay for the single ladies. 99 cents, everybody. Get on over to your local Trader Joe's. 99 cents. That's a steal. It's a steal. Uh, Saturday fix, boys. Finish her off. Alex uh, Alex and I got into a little heated one. I thought if you lose the week, and yes, he's been in first week to, or first place to start. I must say, this was a particularly bitchy off-air uh, exchange. It was a little bit, and I felt like, you know, if you win two in a row and you catch the first place leaders and you just won the last week, you should go first. But no, we're, we're going to be – we're in – we're in arm dogs world, and we're just living in it. So, Alex, why don't you take us off on your two and one record? Who is your Saturday's picks for this week? Yeah. So, yeah, quickly to defend myself. Very no, no fair. Need. No need. No, I will. <laughs> there is a need. Um, last year, this is how it worked. The reigning leader. So, sorry, sorry, it was a blowout from freaking October. I know, but it wasn't always because there was a time that we tied you, and you said, "Oh, because I hold first place, I get to go again." <laughs> this year, you come along and you come in, and you're like, "I all guess right, I'll go right, first." All right, all right, all right. You're getting uh, your way. So, as 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 a as a point of morals and what is right in the world, I thought I'd keep it fair for our listeners. We don't want any Shane Pinto discrepancies from our our pod leader and Jack. So, yeah, you know, just had had to keep us honest here. Make sure everyone knows the rules. I'm going with uh, Kings over Flyers, 6:30 p.m. Central, 7:30 Eastern. Uh, Kings travel into Philly, take the win. Yeah, Carter Hart being out, big loss. That's it's honestly I would not have picked this game without Carter Hart being out. Oh, I like the pick and it was actually on on the tip of my tongue because of Philadelphia playing. Even if uh Hart was healthy, you're going from Buffalo to oh, home, so I guess that's not a big travel day. I had a feeling you were gonna take the back to back. Yeah, I like I like the thought on that. I, I really do. Uh, but I'm going to go for a little bit of some numbers, and I like the way uh, Washington has finally gotten over to 500, and I think they'll beat Columbus. And it might not be the cho- or it might not be the best pick in terms of the, the parlay, but I've got Washington beating Columbus in Washington. One loose change item we didn't get to is Nick Backstrom. Oh, awful story there too. And you know we kind of knew it going into the year. He kind of knew it going into the year, and it is this everything? Everything looks like a worst case scenario. He's just it's it's not going for him. And the hips, they just it, it's it's got to be painful for him to deal with it every day. And yeah, it sucks. It's something that could last with him his his whole life if he doesn't you know manage it. No, the picture that came up was Ovi and, and him. Like, he finally did it. it. It sucks. Nick Nick Backstrom stepped away from from the game today. Something about Ovi breaking the record without a Backstrom assist doesn't sit right. I right? think it's a set. I think Nick Backstrom's a player that 
universally is loved across the league. Like one of the most knows. underrated. One uh, of the most underrated. Hall but not by anyone who's watched this game. I think he's going to get in pretty easily. Okay, oh, I think people just are going to forget about him. That's all. <laughs> I'm not sure they will. Do. I hope not. I hope not. I hope not. Kicking him kind of a down. brutal I way lo- to say. I, I mean, love it. I love it. I- his his best hope to not get forgotten though is the fact that he he did play with Ovi. No, forever. and I and I'm not. That's not. I I just think with the the injury troubles the last few years, it's just been so long since we've seen a healthy Nick Backstrom. It's just it's hard to remember it at this point. Yeah, so. it's hard. It's hard to have the same. I'm, appro- glad, but, I'm glad you brought. But that he up. was he was awful. And I'm year. I'm on the phone and looking at the matchup Saturday. I'm just getting a full blown meltdown in Newton, Massachusetts, from from the old man. Um, but <laughs> but uh, I got it's time for my Saturday pick. And you know I, I came in with the chalk strategy this year. So far, not so good. Um, one and one two. two. And you know I'm abandoning ship. I'm going off the chalk, and I'm I'm back to the scrappy rusty picks that uh, we've come to know and love. I'm gonna say. Islander hockey at home hosting the Hurricanes. Hurricanes have been struggling. Um, that's a frustrating team to play against, and, and sort of like you, you know the saying like just what the doctor ordered. It's sort of like the opposite of what the doctor ordered for a struggling Canes team to to have to deal with the Isles and, and their veteran crew and the way that they play. So I'm going to say the Isles uh, the Isles uh, hang on and uh, get a dub at home at 7:30 start. But I do want to have a special shout out to our listeners. Saturday night, right? Hopefully you've got social lives and you're doing things, but a game to watch if you're hanging in. Colorado in Las Vegas. Um, I think, you know, just the unanimous, the unanimous uh, leading candidates in the Western Conference. You know the road's going to have to go through. Uh, like, Both of them. Like they're on a crap. They're on a collision course come playoffs. And yeah. um, I, you know, it's, it's early. But you want to send those messages, and this is a measuring stick game for two of the best clubs in the league, and yep. hopefully McCarr is all right and can play in that. We'll see. Sound like he didn't practice today, but we'll, we'll see where, where that leads. Yeah. yeah I, don't, but, I don't think he's missed the game yet. Yeah, it doesn't look – again, it looked bad on the ice, mm-hmm. but it doesn't sound like it's he as He came bad back from that game too. Yeah, all right. And I don't – honestly, I think that they got tied up. I didn't, I didn't hate – no, I, I, I don't. It, I don't think I anything about it was dirty. No, I think it was exactly, just tough, exactly. tough, tough, tough. All tough right, break. well, boys, we've got our Saturday picks. We've got our little parlay. Feel free to to tag along. I know the boys did, and these two uh, these two blew it last week. We'll see who does it this week. Hopefully, none of us. But Saturday's picks always always lethal. Uh, boys, any final thoughts before we close our down? Yeah, I have a quick shout out. Dylan Strom mm. against San Jose. So maybe not as much of a shout out. Had a twenty one win, six loss face off performance. <sighs> Let's Jesus. go. Never Dominance saw in, in the dot. Never saw that in Chicago. Whatever. Any final thoughts from you, Rusty? Big numbers in the dot. No, boys. Um, good pot. Good pot. Uh, yeah. Thanks to our listeners and, uh, and to our sponsors. Yeah. Um, we'll catch you guys next week. If you're uh, if you're looking to follow the boys, go follow uh, Rusty at Rusty Pedroia. Go follow Alex at armdog underscore SS. And give me a follow at Siffyman. Otherwise, check out all the Star 6 Media content on all the social media platforms. But we appreciate you guys. We're sorry we uh, got out a little bit later. Probably will be out Friday morning, if not Thursday tonight. Uh, But uh, we'll be back for our Wednesday schedule next week. And uh, we'll see you guys next week. (laughs) 